Hey, that says Bronze and Modern Gods. That is Richard. And that is John. Hey, thanks for joining us. Uh, we have our usual stuff happening today. Underrated books of the week, 25-year rule. Our main topic uh, suggested by one of you guys. I'll be darned if I can remember who it was. I didn't bother to look it up. But what are our 2022 goals uh, coming along? Uh, an update. At the beginning of this year, we had an episode about our 2022 comic book collecting goals. And Richard, do you think we're doing okay so far as a teaser? Don't give it away. Yeah, we're doing okay, I think. You gave it away! <laughs> Why don't you give away the hot book of the week? Hot book this week is Marvel Superheroes Secret Wars number 10. Richard, look at that cover! Yeah, it's a Doom. That's that's one of the things I like about Secret Wars. Doom is very prominent through the entire series. Uh, he's prominent through the, the second Secret Wars series as well. So, uh, yeah, this, this is Doom. Uh, that cover is pretty spectacular. It's Mike Zeck. I believe it's John Beatty inks. Here's my issue with uh, Doom in Secret Wars. Um, I'm going to steal the powers of a godlike being. Didn't he try that in Fantastic Four with the Silver Surfer? It didn't work out too well for him, did it? Uh, yeah, yeah, it didn't work out. Uh, he's, he, he likes to do that. Guy for doing is that same thing, right? So... It's uh, he has an un, you know, unquenchable thirst for power. Mm, delicious, tasty power. A nine point eight, uh, CGC nine point eight of this book just sold this week for three hundred fifty dollars. Tree fitty. Uh, lots of speculation, of course, around the announcement of the Marvel Secret Wars movie and Doctor Doom's possible role in it. Um, and I don't know, uh, what do you, did we, did we ever talk about the Howard Stern leak? I don't think we talked about it specifically. No, I am a big, uh, Stern fan old and new. I know people are like, Oh, he used to be good. Now he's all soft. I like new Stern as well. I like, uh, I like new Coke when it came out. Um, I'm weird like that. The, uh, Richard speaking of that was horrible. <laughs> People listening on the audio version of the podcast, Richard just made a face like I've never seen before. Uh, New Coke was horrible. We were talking about um, the the leak from Howard Stern. Oh, okay, Howard. Yes, thank you. Uh, apparently, on one of the episodes before he took his summer break, he uh, had a hot mic and he was talking to uh, Gary Bababababui, his producer, about his schedule and he's meeting with Kevin Feige about a role in a movie that he already committed to and he's grousing about it as Howard is wont to do when it comes to having to do things extracurricular. And uh, all of a sudden speculation went to, oh, is Howard going to play the role of the interviewer in that Doom miniseries that came out, I think a year ago or two years ago. Did you read that one? No, I didn't. There's, it's kind of based around Dr. Doom being interviewed by someone and telling a story. And there, the speculation is, you know, Howard is going to be that person mm-hmm. doing the interview, which would be a vampire with a vampire <laughs> stunt casting. Um, but this cover, let's get back to this book. Uh, I believe we're talking about a comic book here. It's called Secret Wars, number yeah. 10. Uh, dollar bins for decades again. I, Secret Wars clogged things up. Up. It was so heavily ordered, so heavily speculated upon. I can't believe these books are. This is another one in the old man pile. I can't believe people are paying these prices. Except for eight. I mean, eight has always been a yes. book that people have gravitated to. 
Uh, eight is the appearance of the black suit for Spider-Man. Yes. But the rest of the book and this books in the series are always also rants. Uh, I remember when the series came out, there was a lot of excitement about it. Uh, the books sold very well. I mean, people really enjoyed this huge cast of characters in this epic story. And I think uh, Marvel got addicted to it because they've, they've run this theme a number of times over the years. It was kind of the beginning of the end. It started the whole intercompany crossover thing and uh, bleeding into other books, Secret Wars 2 especially, where every title had a Secret Wars 2 crossover. Yeah. And then DC got involved with Crisis on Infinite Earths. And you had books like Sergeant Rock had a Crisis crossover where the sky was red. You know, that was the only thing it had to do with... Uh, uh, anything having to do with crisis, thank goodness. But uh, Secret Wars was uh, not critically acclaimed. I believe the comics journal would eviscerate it several times. I have to agree with them. The The storyline was because, you know, you have too many characters. You, you cannot involve all of them in the plot uh, with any level of depth when you've got 25 different heroes that you're trying to deal with. And I think the plot suffered because of that. It also seemed like Jim Shooter was trying to teach some of his more popular writers a lesson or two. Uh, you know, Claremont was doing so well with Uncanny X-Men. So you know, I think it's issue four of Secret Wars where Spider-Man beats every single person in the X-Men within like three pages. <laughs> yeah, that's epic. ridiculous. You know, uh, Storm is a goddess in her book over there in X-Men. But over here, she's like, I'm going to do a raindrop on Spider-Man. <laughs> That didn't work. Yeah, yeah. Certain characters did seem to get the focus out of the series. Uh, Doom, especially. Um, as you mentioned, Doom, uh, the book, the series focuses on the Beyonder and and uh, Doom absorbs his powers. And it's, you know, this book is indicative, I think, of the, the uh, involvement of Doom in the storyline. And hopefully we're going to see a similar involvement in the Secret Wars movie. I am one of the weirdos that really actually kind of liked Secret Wars 2. It was so weird and so different. The Beyonder trying to be human, uh, you know, taking the form of Steve Rogers. Peter Parker teaching the Beyonder how to go poop. Um, I read the first issue. It didn't continue. I mean, there were just, it was weird. It was, I, I don't know if uh, Jim Shooter was working something out on the page uh, psychologically <laughs> but you had uh the steve gerber stand-in that was the animation writer i think it was an issue one you know getting superpowers and going nuts and trying to destroy hollywood uh it's just so many personal vendettas being worked out on these uh comic book pages it's like can't we all get along did you read the the 2015 series i did huh <laughs> 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 I, you know, the, the, it was pretty. Yeah, it was gorgeous. All those Adam Hughes covers were. Tell me what plot. I can't. Okay, moving <laughs> on to our main topic. Uh, you guys, uh, someone, I forget who it was. Please forgive me. It may have been Yakuza Doc uh, or someone else asked, hey, we haven't had an update on your 2022 collecting goals. At the beginning of the year, you guys did a whole episode about what you're looking for in the next year, and you're going to be hyper laser focused on it. And you haven't said boo about it since, and here we are in August. Uh, so here we are in August, and we're going to give you an update. 
And you've probably seen a few of these things on the show because as they've come in, we've talked about them. But Richard, start us off. What do you got so far? What were your goals, first of all? Uh, the goals I mentioned on the show were um, Miracle Man number one gold, um, Ultimate Comics all new Spider Man number one sketch edition. Ooh, ooh, the chili sketch. And Albedo number two first. Uh, Usagi Ujimbo. I found a 9.8 for you last week at Comic Con. Yes, I did. You. Yes, you did. I, my pockets were not that deep. <laughs> so out yeah. of the out of the three, uh, I I actually did manage to find a copy of Miracle Man number one gold. Now now gold is the fact that the first thousand copies off of the press were actually distributed at SDCC that year in 1985. And um, it was amazing. So you had the book was signed by Alan Moore, the, the, the writer. And with each book, you got this uh, COA. Proof. Oh, look at the old slug, the snail, the old Comic-Con <laughs> uh, mascot. Yeah. And this, this was uh, done by Stan Sakai. Um, so, you know, this the actual COA. So you got one of these, and the reason it's called gold is because this is uh, this yellow goldenrod is considered gold. Um, the first 400 copies of the of the book that were distributed came with this, and they were numbered and signed by uh, Alan Moore. So I, I managed to find a copy off of eBay. Was a, a gentleman out of the UK sold it. I shipped off my money, and later on I got the book. Now I got it raw. Was that I, man's name Alan Moore by chance? I, oh my God, I wish it was. <laughs> uh, now this, this uh, Alan Moore did sign this book and numbered it. The golds have the, uh, have a numbering, one to 400. The, um, the blue, blue came with, instead of a gold COA, came with a blue one. There are 600 of those and they were signed, but not numbered. Plus there were some extra books that were, um, that were available because they were afraid Alan may have missed, you know, screwed up the signature, but for the most part, there's a thousand. His name. <laughs> now, because he signed it inside the book, he did not sign it on the cover, but he signed it on the first page. You don't, and I actually, since I bought it raw, I saw it. I actually have some pictures of the signature. Uh, but if you look at the, I don't know if I can get it. I can't get it so that you can see it. It says uh, Alan Moore, two thirty-four out of four hundred, written on first page in pen. Yeah. So it gets a blue label, doesn't get it qualified because he didn't do it on the cover. And, uh, you know, that, that is the, um, the information that says it is the, the gold edition. Now, of course it wasn't witnessed. So um, it falls to my belief that it is accurate. And I do believe it's accurate. I believe I've seen Mr. Moore's signature and it looks like his signature. And uh, in the universe that I have created, that book is a, a Miracle Man number one goal. I came out 9-4. Uh, I pressed it. Uh, unfortunately, there are a couple small flaws that keep, kept it from being a 9-8. I don't care. This is a, this is a keeper because uh, I've been looking for this book for, uh, for years. And so I finally have a copy that didn't cost me a million dollars. So I'm totally excited. And it made it all the way here from the UK and still got a 9-4. Didn't get damaged in yep. airmail post or whatever. No, the, the, the postal gods were good to me. Oh, good. Um, do you remember when, how did you get Miracle Man when you were buying it the first time? And by that, I mean, where did you go? Because it was direct sales only. 
I had a comic book store in Fairlawn that I would go to. Mm-hmm. And uh, I bought all of my comic books from him. Um, it's on Lorraine Road for, for, and it's no longer there. The gentleman who's, who owned the store is no longer there. Um, so yeah, I bought it there. I remember there were, there was after Mr. Fantasies and our little, my little hometown of Elyria closed down in I think 1979, 1980, mm-hmm. uh, there was no direct sales outlet and, we would have to go to a thrift store, a resale shop called the Illyria Bazaar. And uh, this guy somehow got all these direct sales books from other wholesalers and he would sell them. And that's where I got Captain Victory by Jack Kirby and Star Slayer and the first Gru series from Pacific and comic reader fanzines. And I was like, if only there was a store around here that would sell these when they're new and then I got my driver's license and I was headed off to Cosmic Comics owned by Tony Isabella, downtown Cleveland, Ohio, in the Cleveland Arcade. Yep. Um, I'm all full of stories today. I'm full of beans. <laughs> so what, uh, about you? what was your first one? Well, the, the, the goals were concentrate on my Atlas heroes. The, in 1950s, Marvel was called Atlas. This was uh, after they had changed their name from Timely Comics in the 40s. And about, you know, in the the mid-50s, they tried to bring superheroes back. They tried to bring back Captain America, the Human Torch, and Submariner. And it wasn't really successful. Submariner hung around for a little over a year into 1955 because apparently there was a TV show option. So they wanted to keep the character out there and published. But Cap and Namor last, or Cap and the Torch lasted three issues in their own title. They were out. So... That was my overall goal. But before I share what I've gotten from those, let me tell you about the stuff that I derailed and went <laughs> off script um, <laughs> already. I got a complete run of The Double Life of Private Strong, which is the Jack Kirby Shield reboot from the 50s from Archie Comics. When I say the full run, all two issues. So <laughs> I got that. I'm real proud. And you know, I keep buying these wherever I see them. I can't stop myself, Richard. Um, I like buying feature comics with doll man bondage covers. I thought you had that one already. I had this one. I found this. Look at this. <laughs> I had like a rag. This one's beautiful. Look at this one. It's gorgeous. Um, that is one of my favorite doll man covers. What is going on? What, <laughs> what SM BDSM perv? <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. That is an awesome cover. I mean, this the detail work that somebody put into to come up with that particular situation is amazing. This this helped many a closeted case in the <laughs> 1940s get through, you know, how difficult life was back then, I think. That's why I like those covers because it's like, oh, this is this is what they used. We have the internet now. Uh, <laughs> okay, let's get back on topic. Captain America, Cap 74, one of my goals for this year. Well, guess what, everybody? I got close. Cap 73, Mm -hmm. 4.0, not bad. Really creepy cover. It is one of the horror covers. Uh, Cap 72, 73, 74, and 75. They kind of tried to ride that horror wave. So, uh, by the way, this story, this cover has nothing to do with what's inside the book. Um, 
I don't know what they were trying to do. So there's that. Yeah. Try very hard for the 75. I I've tried for the 75. The 74, I think, is just a little out of reach right now. Um, you know, maybe if I get that next lotto, the next billion dollar lotto, Marvel Boy. I want a full Marvel Boy run, right? Well, I got number two and a 5.0. Don't have number one yet. I saw number one um, at Comic Con last week, a 4.0. They wanted 1500 for it. I was this close and i thought i need to be a good boy i do have an astonishing number three with marvel boy that is at cgc i dropped that off last week um so why don't we uh go to your next one because i think it's very very impossible i I can't believe it happened oh i never got it uh ultimately comics um yeah this book is a ghost i have never i set myself a goal of a book called ultimate comics uh, all new Spider-Man number one, which is uh, a, a beautiful cover with Miles Morales on it with his mask in his hand. And the uh, the color cup version of this cover, it's going for good money. I mean, yeah. like two grand for a nine eight. Uh, there is a sketch version supposedly of this. I have seen one copy of the sketch version ever uh, on eBay. And the person at the time wanted $30,000 for it. I thought, sure, why not? Um, and now I know why, because it, it's, it's a real ghost. Um, the story is that this book was one of those books that's released to, um, to the, um, retailer summit. So it's a small print run, but we've talked before. They don't just print a small handful of these books, but even so, okay. Why is that so expensive? But things like the Dr. Afra diamond retailer summit variant go for 150 bucks is i guess it's just what it is it yeah you know a lot of it is is the miles uh fever you know he things related to him are worth a lot of money the um the the color version of this is a one in 15 i think uh ratio variant and uh it has always been in demand it's also been hard to come by uh the all new spider-man didn't have a huge print run so these books were of 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 limited availability so I've gotten one of the color versions. I get a nine four of the of the color version of this copy uh, of this book. I have because of its rarity, have always wanted one of the sketch variants. I and I I would jump at an opportunity to buy one. I wouldn't pay thirty thousand dollars for one, but I would pay. So I would pay good money if if one came down just because it is so rare. And anybody who's a Miles fan is going to set, find it desirable. I find it ultra desirable. But, you know, I'm whiffing. I have not seen a copy of it anywhere. Wow. That's a bummer. Um, well, mine are maybe scarcer, just not as in demand. Mm-hmm. I wanted to, again, my 50s Atlas books focusing on the heroes. Not one of the big three heroes, but more of a uh, new hero was Speed Carter Spaceman. And it's a six issue run. Uh, very, you know, uh, uh, Buzz Lightyear kind of, uh, you know, 50s uh, Captain Video kind of a book. And I got a beautiful issue number one that I think is going to come back as an 8.0, maybe better. I dropped that off last week at CGC, so I don't have it to show. But I do have a number three that I got this year. Oh, it's gorgeous. Look at that. Godzilla. First Godzilla in comics. Everybody spec on it now. <laughs> not really but uh gorgeous 
And I have a number five that is really, really sharp. It's got one issue with it. I'm going to try to show it. I don't know if you can see it. Someone pressed it and they didn't know what they were doing. Uh, the staple. Yeah. Yeah. Look at how far indented that staple is at the top where they didn't have enough support uh, in the centerfold. Watch our video on pressing 101 to learn more. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm three for six on the Speed Carter Spaceman so far this year. And we've got a few months left. Good lucky dog. Yeah. Another one. You have two here that you cannot find maybe no. three well uh this the albedo number two the first usagi uh i have wanted for a long time i've lusted after that book i just can't find one at a price that i'm willing to pay i because there is a tv show that is that is coming out related to this character it's out space usagi right yeah space usagi is it out it's oh. out and it does it hasn't seemed to really you know, the book is still desirable, but it hasn't made it go into the stratosphere. I was kind of waiting for that to come out. I wasn't aware that it was out because the the trailers that I saw, the previews for it, weren't very impressive, to be honest right. with you. It, it was very Hollywoody in terms of, um, you know, the standard tropes that they always put out for characters like this. And to me, that's just not going to sell to the audience that they're trying to sell. So uh, now that it's that's out and any of, of the effects of speculators on this book uh, hopefully is diminished, maybe the prices for this will become more reasonable. It's still there. There's still, you know, a five figure book in almost every case uh, for anything of a, of a higher grade. Even lower grade books are expensive. So I've just been biding my time for this book. And so far, I haven't come across a copy that uh, meets my particular price goals. Space Usagi, ten episodes on Netflix now. Guess what I'm gonna guess what I'm gonna do tomorrow. Take that work. <laughs> uh, yeah, like John, I I bought books I wasn't supposed to buy. Uh, they're not part of the focus, but sometimes rare books come up, and you just have to take the opportunity to buy them when they when they show up. Um, one of the books I've been looking for a long time is this book here. This is <laughs> Cry for Dawn. Number five, this is the second print. Second print has this, this uh, lovely variation. Um, you have to use your imagination with, you know, for the painter's tape there. Uh, the, the, um, this is Dawn. Dawn, one of my favorite characters from, from uh, the 90s. Uh, really cool character. Uh, this book is really hard to, to get in higher grades. I, I've seen an 8.0 up on eBay forever. Um, but I've never seen them when graded higher. I see lots of, not lots. I see a couple of raws that show up every now and then for a hundred bucks, and they are obviously not going to be, uh, you know, in the in this range. So this one showed up out of the blue, and I absolutely had to have it. So uh, I've is bought that like, this. Hmm? Is that like a palate cleanser for the Doll Man cover? <laughs> it's 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 the yin to your yang, John. Okay, I'll take it. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, yeah, I'm a good girl art fan. I collect stuff like this. Uh, my wife saw it and said, oh, my. <laughs> I'm sure she did. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a great book. Uh, this is also This is a part of the, uh, the, the, the PC. I love it. And uh, now, is it a nine four? Are you going to take a chance? You bought it slabbed. I brought it slabbed. I'm going to leave it at as is. You know, I don't have to have a nine eight for everything. You know, some stuff I just wanted in the collection. So uh, another book that I bought that I shouldn't have bought, but I again, I came out at a great price on uh, a live sale that uh, our friends at Elite Comics had, is uh, 
Tarot number one, David Yaki Yaki. Nakayama? Nakayama. I think I have trouble with this name. I got you. I got you. Nakayama. Uh, it's, a, it's a beautiful uh, incursion cover. So that card she has is a copy of the card on it, and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, this, this cover, is, this book is, is, is kind of rare. And uh, like I said, it came up at a good price. I love uh, the theme and the colors on this are so rich. Um, this is definitely a book I bought because of the cover. And uh, it also is going into the PC. In the uh, Overstreet Price Guide, when they list that, it'll say Infinity Cover. Yes, they will. Yes. Yeah, Infinity Cover. All right. Um, no big surprise, this next few ones. You guys know. Uh, I'm just going to check it off the list since we talked about it. Here it is. Yellow Claw, number one. There we go. 6.0. Um, CBCS Slab. I'm, I'm debating what to do with it. Um, it Would looks like integrated? you think you know, a CPR job. Uh, it's pressed. It looks like it's pressed to within an inch of its life. Wow. So I don't think I'm going to mess with it. I think I'm going to leave it for now and uh, let it rest in its uh, plastic prison. But I also got these yellow claw. Number one, the La Prince of Mexican version. Wow. From 1955. Or 1960, I think, actually came out in Mexico. Not only that, but they had a reprint of number two, the same seller on eBay. They're gorgeous. I mean, they're like, I don't know, they're like six five seven O's for uh, Mexican variants from that time period. These are like nine eights. Uh, and now CGC is slabbing foreign variants. I did not take these. I wasn't comfortable enough yet. But um, I've got two, three, and four as well. The run is done. I am complete. I'm finished. Excellent. And now, now becomes, okay, I have a 6-0. Got to get a 7. Okay, so I, I need to know, how did you know those books were Yellow Claw? Because the writing on the cover does not say Yellow Claw anywhere. Well, uh, be, well, first of all, the full title of the book is Justo Castigo, uh, which is um, – El, well, and also LK La Hase La Paga, which is he who lives by the sword, dies by the sword, crime and punishment. It reprints a bunch of crime stories as well as yellow claw stories. And the only reason I found these two on eBay is because the seller was smart. The seller had it listed as yellow claw Mexican edition. Wow. And wow. I had a, a saved uh, alert that I got it, you know, like at 630 in the morning. And I don't think I woke up uh, faster in my life. And, um, he had both of them and I made him an offer for both of them and just hit, you know, uh, make offer. And so if you bundle these two, will you take this much? And he said, sure. And, uh, he was really a really good seller. He made sure that, uh, I knew he was going to package them nicely. And they can't, he's like, I have a friend that lives in the States. I'm going to take it across the border and have him mail it from there. So you don't have to worry about Mexican uh, postal service. Wow. Yeah, it was really good. So uh, he's in my saved favorites. He's got a lot of Mexican variants too. So um, I'm not going to tell you he's mine. Uh, <laughs> the, the 50s Atlas hero revival for Marvel started in a book called young men. Young men 25, in fact. This is where the Human Torch, Captain America, and the Submariner return after being canceled in 1949. Uh, everyone loves young men. Thanks to Heritage Auctions, I love... No, Comic Link. I think I got this at Comic Link, last Comic Link auction. I now love young men, too. 
Uh, it is a 4.5 white pager, and I kind of got it for a steal, I think. Um, so it ran, those, those guys ran in young men 25 through 28. I have 25. I have the weirdest uh, 26. It's a 2.0 CBCS. Says it's unrestored. I'm going to read the label to you. Okay, it's a 2.0 cream off-white. Original staples removed. Four staples added. One page from another book stapled between 10th and 11th page. How is this book not restored? And how is it a two-point? I don't know. How you don't get a, um, at least a married qualified? Right? It's weird. I almost want to crack it out and, and remove I, the extra staples. I'd say to me, that's a gift grade. And I yeah, for sure. Crack it. And at the same time, it was running in Young Men, Human Torch, Cap, and Submariner were also running in a book called Men's Adventures. You have Young Men and Men's Adventures. And here is one of the Men's Adventures issues. So I'm still working on those. But lots of lots of ones checked off my list, Richard. When I, good for you. When I was doing my list, I was actually kind of proud of myself. Good for you. There is one more. I have a Cap 78 mm-hmm. that is at CGC. I dropped that off as well. And you have a book that you didn't mention, and I'm going to call you on it. <laughs> Should I call you on it or leave it out? No, no, we can talk about it. Um, Here I, is your amazing fantasy 15. Yeah. I, I, one of the reasons why my list is so short is I really have a, put a moratorium on buying a lot of comics, you know, unless it really sparks my interest because it's rare. Um, I just haven't been buying a lot of variants and all the other stuff that I used to buy. Right. Uh, I've been saving my my pennies for an amazing fantasy 15. So I also have sold some big books in, 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 um, in uh, getting ready for it. So I've, I've got a war chest and I'm out there looking for the right book. Hopefully I'll, I can make an announcement soon saying I've found it. Um, but so far it's, it's, you know, I, I only have so much money and um, the amount of money that I have really says I can afford a 1.0 maybe a 1.5. Okay. And, um, when you get to that low quality of book, you there are typically a lot of flaws. You know, parts of the cover are missing. There's horrid chipping, mm-hmm. um, staining, all kinds of things that um, make the book a 1.0 versus anything higher. Four extra staples, an extra page <laughs> staple. So, you know, I've seen examples. Um, they don't meet my requirements because they're one O's, but they're one O's because the, you know, the f- top third of the book or a cover is missing or they're, they're one O's because uh, there's writing on it that I just don't, I just don't want. So yeah. um, that combination of if I'm going to buy one, I'm going to buy one that, that meets my criteria and also finding one in the right price range. Fortunately, right now, the market is a little, um, it's a little down. So uh, I think people who are looking to sell are more flexible in their pricing. So um, yeah, I've, I've, I've had some friends turn me on to some books and it just hasn't worked out yet. The other, the other big concern is when we're talking about a book like this, we're talking about a book that's at least $20,000 Yeah, to talk about the price. I have, I'm very hesitant to send that kind of money to someone that I don't know. Yeah, we're talking wire transfers, meet in person, and all that right, stuff. Right. So that's also a factor in it. And you know, the person that I buy from, I have to have confidence 
that if I give them the money, I'm going to get the book that I we talked about in return. So there's a lot of factors. Once you get to a certain point in, in the, the value of the book, you become very paranoid unless you can do it in person. You know, ultimately the best would be to do the transaction in person at a bank. You know, you hand over the money, they hand over the comic, they put the money in the bank, and then you walk away. You know, that to me is the best best kind of transaction. That's a hard transaction to do. Um, so it's it's still out there. I'm still you know I'm still looking for the right one. So. California Comic Con in February. Everyone, bring your amazing fantasy fifteens. <laughs> we can't. But we looked at we looked at one today. Um, it was um, it was a three zero, but it was qualified. Um, you know, and you look at it. Coupon out or um, what was wrong? Oh, it, it was missing the centerfold. Yeah, that's a big one. Yeah, he says, "Well, I've got a centerfold right here." He had a, a non graded centerfold. Well, that gee, that's that's helpful. <laughs> Why didn't he marry it and send it in and get you know restored? He probably actually would sell it more. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm not interested in me personally. I'm not interested in a qualified or restored at this point, uh, unless somebody's going to have some ridiculously reasonable price for for a book that is either. Um, I, I want a blue label. I want a blue label. I don't care that it's a one o as long as it's a one o that meets my visual criteria. Uh, okay, well, I called you out on one that you haven't gotten yet. I'm going to call myself out. Actually, I'm calling us both out. I'm calling you out again because we both want this book and neither one of us has made any effort to get it this year. And that's Love and Rockets number one. Uh, first print. What, now, when I say first print, which first print do you want? Do you want okay. the first first print with the Bug Eye Monster that, cover? No, my first print, because the BEM is another, that was a really limited book. Yeah, you uh, want the Fantagraphics. Number. I want the Fantagraphics number one with the lineup of all the 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 women. You can tell the number one, uh, the first print because it has a price of two ninety five. Yeah. Uh, other price uh, prints have a higher price. That's how you can find it. I have a nine zero right now. Oh, do you? I, I do. I have a nine zero, but I I want I want you know chasing that coveted nine eight. Um, they're out there. There's two on the census, so I know they're out there. Mm-hmm. Um. But you never know. There are raw books that may still hit that qualification, and you can submit them and get a get that grade. But they're just really, really hard to come by. Do you know that book is going to be forty years old next year? Yeah, forty, right? Nineteen eighty-three. Yeah. Am I thinking that right? Oh, I've never been good at math, but that means it's time for the twenty-five year rule. <laughs> What does that have to do with the 25-year rule? I don't know, but it's it's almost as non-relatable as this book is to this publisher, Casper and Friends Magazine Number 1, published by Marvel Comics. What? Yes. In the mid-90s, Marvel got the rights to the Harvey Comics characters. This was a magazine of all new stories featuring Casper, and the incredibly off-model Harvey Comics gang that look horrible in this new Marvel version, uh, including Richie Rich, Baby Huey, Little Dot. Yeah, little Dot, what what the concept for a book that ran so long? She's a little girl, and she loves dots, polka dots. Just think of the story possibilities, Richard. <laughs> There's a half dozen of them. I mean, Baby Huey, he's a giant mutant duck that's right. a baby, 
that, you know, is clumsy and runs into things that that's great. That's comedy. Richie Rich. He's a spoiled little brat that gets whatever he wants and money falls from the sky. And, you know, little dot likes dots. I mean, even Casper, he's a dead baby and he has adventures. Yay. Dead baby. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, Casper and Friends magazine ran for three issues. Uh, jacked up copies of this book actually sell for about 10 bucks on eBay. Uh, there are no GPA sales. I don't know if any of them have ever been slapped, but uh, yeah, I was just, I was confused and intrigued that Marvel actually published Harvey Comics characters in the mid 90s. Do they still have the rights to the Harvey characters? I don't think so, or they would have you know, done movies and everything with these properties. You know, there was the, the whole series of Casper movies. There was a Richie Rich TV series on Netflix last year that mm. none of us knew about. And I don't think Marvel benefits from that at all. I think the Harvey family still has control of those uh, or classic media maybe. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it was just interesting that they, you know, the comics uh, industry was so uh, constrained by the mid-90s that they had to get licensed. I mean, Think about Marvel in the mid-90s was publishing Disney comics, Beauty and the Beast, things like that, Gargoyles, Harvey Comics, Casper. So they were trying anything and everything to stay out of bankruptcy. Yeah, but happy ending for Marvel. Not so much the Harvey characters. Sorry, Casper. You're back to being dead. Our underrated books of the week are here. Richard, what is yours? Oh, there's not a dead baby in mine at all. Uh, <laughs> my choice is Cerebus number two uh, from 1978. This is the second appearance of Cerebus the Aardvark. Wait a second. Wasn't Cerebus number one on your 2022 goals? It was not on the goals. It's definitely okay. a book that I have been looking for. But the hard part with number one is there's so many counterfeits out yes. there. Well, uh, tell so us about number two. Yeah. Uh, number two is the second appearance. Uh, if you've never read Conan, think I've uh, never, never read uh, Cerebus, think Conan meets funny animals. Uh, is he is this barbarian that goes and is uh, in a human world as an aardvark. Uh, Dave Sim is the writer as well as the artist at the, on this book. At this point, he, do, he doesn't have any assistance. He's doing it all. Um, issue number one is incredibly expensive. If you can find a real one and um, you can uh, get around all the counterfeits. Uh, it's an ex it's a it's a expensive book. This is a second appearance, and you're paying probably around. Um, I saw I had, I had a saw a raw today for about three hundred dollars. So it's, oh, really, yeah, it's it's affordable compared to uh, the you know twelve thousand dollars for finding a higher quality uh, number one. Uh, GPA there's uh, nine six is the highest out there. It's twenty five hundred dollars it sold for last year. There's only 127 books on the census, so uh, two of them are nine eights, and they're both uh, our signature series. They're both signed by Dave Sim, which I think is awesome. Uh, what I don't think is as awesome is Dave Sim's uh, uh, personality here in the past few years. Who had the courage to go to a Dave Sim signing? This, yeah, this, yeah. Well, this this must have been years ago because uh, he has he has really said some things that um, are just really terrible things and some of his more recent books are focused on concepts of of misogyny that are just hard to believe that you can still have that mindset in the 2020s um but 
you know, separating the man from the art. I liked the Cerebus series. Cerebus series is part of what I grew up with. I remember buying stacks of books. Cerebus was on the top. I read Cerebus all the way through, uh, you know, through some of the weird stuff that he, you know, the, the longer it went, the weirder it went. Um, they promised to do 300 issues and he made 300 issues of this book. For a long time, it was the longest running uh, creator owned property uh, up until Spawn beat his record. Uh, uh, was it last year, year before? It's, yeah, 300 plus issues. Yeah. Yeah. I remember um, Cerebus for one real funny reason when i was managing the comic shop that you used to come to uh -huh. uh, i would order three copies one for you one for <laughs> me and one for the shelf really yes no was reading it you and me were the only two people buying and reading that book at that point now of course it was like i think issue 150 or so yeah yeah it was that whole weird thing where he was on the moon and uh, yeah yeah to mothers and daughters and there yeah. there are there are a lot of Again, there's a lot of themes that run through his books uh, that, you know, told of his personality uh, as it would become more obvious later on. Oh, yeah, much more obvious. I mean, he would write uh, three page screeds in the book in lieu of a letters page about, you know, why women should be cooking, <laughs> doing the dishes, yeah. <laughs> stuff Again, like that. You got to separate the, the, the man from the art. And I... The art was enjoyable for the first. The barbarian phase was was with well, um, he was he was swiping Barry Windsor Smith. I mean, yeah, he was totally the Wolver Roach, for example, was, yeah. <laughs> was a great character. But when you get further in the run, how much of that is him, and how much of that is Gerhard? Gerhard did a lot. He did you all know. the background art, and I'm assuming later on he did more of the, of the character art as well. Yeah, uh, my uh, pick for underrated book of the week is a little less controversial. <laughs> it is Marvel Collector's Item Classics number one. I may have picked this before. You have. I don't care. I'm picking it again. <laughs> uh, this is a 1965 square bound Mar Marvel annual. Uh, continuing my Marvel annual theme from this month uh, for my underrated books. This uh, picks up the reprinting of the Fantastic Four from FF annual number one. We printed FF or FF number one. This reprints FF number two and continues in this book. It picks up reprinting Spider-Man from the Marvel Tales annual that happened la the la year prior. They skipped Spider-Man number two for some reason uh, when they were doing these reprints. Um, a 9.4 of this book sold in May of last year for $567. That is just, I think, outrageously low. This is the kind of bastard child to Marvel Tales. It doesn't get the love and respect that Marvel Tales does. I think Marvel Tales number one has that beautiful Jack Kirby cover with all the six characters, and that's why people want it. This is just like, here are the covers of the books that are inside. You know, so I think... The cover kind of holds it back a bit, but I love this book. I love these square about annuals. I will repeat them over and over again if I have to. I love them too. And I, I don't remember right now if it was me or you that, that had that book because um, I, I love those. They're a great way of reading those early stories, you know, in on paper, similar to what they were, you know, it's, it's, it's newsprint and not reprinted on modern stock. If you were to read it in an omnibus today, for example. I agree. And uh, go get them. Uh, they're out there. They're cheap. They're affordable. Mm -hmm. Kind of like us. We are very cheap. Yeah. Yeah. As cheap as they come. 
in fact, we're so cheap that you can buy us for a like, or if you hit subscribe, or if you follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Bronze and Modern Gods, go visit the website as well at bronzeandmoderngods.com. Buy a t-shirt, buy a hat, buy a beer koozie, whatever you want. Beer koozie, that sounds good. Yeah. Beer koozie. <laughs> That's it. I'm John. We'll see you next time. Okay. I'm Richard. And everybody, stay safe.